Thanks, Joe. <clears throat> Hello. Good morning. We're in this series called Into the Wild, and I feel like I know you well enough that I can tell you the most terrifying moment of my life. Are you, do we know each other that well? Sure. We, okay, good. The most terrifying moment of my life happened on three occasions. In a hospital room, watching the birth of my son Knox, watching the birth of my son Silas, and watching the birth, thank you God, of my little daughter Amelie. Yes, we got the girl. If you have been fortunate enough to be in the hospital room when a baby is delivered, it is terrifying and crazy and chaotic, but it's also so incredible. But there's this moment when the baby comes into the world and it's like squirming and you're like, breathe! And there's no breath yet. And my wife reminded me when I was telling her about what I was going to share, she said, you know, actually it happened more than three times because at numerous times during the birth, you had to remind me to breathe as well. Breath is crucial to life. If you've been with somebody at the end of their life as they take their last breath, you realize just how crucial breath is. If you've been a paramedic and you've been with somebody as they're struggling to catch their breath, you know how crucial breath is. And if you've been with a baby that's just come into the world, you know how crucial breath is. It is essential for us. And breath is the word that we have as spirit. In Hebrew, spirit is often, well, it's, it's translated often as, as breath, but they, they also Anytime you see breath in the Bible, you also should see spirit. So a lot of times you'll see them translate it breath. Sometimes you'll see them translate it spirit. But let me hear you say ruach. 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 Yeah, if you're not getting the spit out, you're just not doing it well, it's ruach. Try it one more time. Ruach. Yes, very good. And this is the word that's spirit in our Bible. And in the New Testament, it's a silent P. It's pneuma. Say pneuma. Very good. I love getting into the language. So, ruach and pneuma. Anytime you see the word spirit or breath in the Bible, it is almost always one of these two terms. Ruach, pneuma. Where do you think this happens first in the Bible? Anybody? Yeah, page one. I should have you trained by now. It's always page one. I'm always going to bring you back to page one. Genesis 1, verse 1 says this, In the beginning... God created everything, the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit, the ruach of God, was hovering over the waters. The breath of God was hovering. And the symbolism of this is often the dove, which is why the Holy Spirit, when we, we do the, the logo for Into the Wild, it's, it's this bird, and, and we could trace that. We're not going to get into that today. But this, you think about like maybe an eagle or a pelican or something just hovering over the waters. And if you're paying attention, what, what is the state of the earth when the Spirit of God is hovering? It says formless and empty. And in Hebrew, that's Tohu 
vabohu. Just try that one. Tohu vabohu. Can you say it? Tohu vabohu. And it's a way, now scholars argue about what exactly is happening here, but it basically means disorder. It basically means that the world is barren and uninhabitable. The pieces are there, but it's chaotic. And how many of us in our lives have felt like, man, my life is just a little crazy right now. It's just a little chaotic. It's just a little bit formless, and I need the breath of God. I need the Spirit of God to do something. I hear all the time. People say, man, I just feel like there's something right around the corner. Like, I just don't understand what's happening in my life right now. It feels like God is there somewhere, but it's disordered. There's uncertainty. It feels out of control. And that's the exact kind of situation that the Spirit comes and does its best work. Now, one more thing. Put your hand in front of your face and say, hello. Hello. Did you feel that? Not did you hear that, but did you feel that? Hello. When you do that, you feel the breath. And it's this energizing power, this energizing force behind the word. And that's exactly what happens because Genesis 1, 3, and God said, God spoke. So this creation came from the word, but it was working in tandem with the spirit. The word was working with the spirit. So fast forward to the book of John in the Bible. And John is one of the four Gospels. If you've never read the Bible before, I recommend you start in the book of John. And the first chapter of John is basically a retelling of this creation story, what we just looked at. In the book of John, the Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. And the Word brought the Spirit to us. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus is that word. And Jesus' primary message, primary reason, he says later in John, it says, I have to go. Jesus has to leave. Wait, I thought we were like all about Jesus. Yes, we are. But Jesus says, I have to get out of the way so that you might have the spirit, the breath, the advocate, the helper. And then, after Jesus dies and is resurrected, he meets up with his disciples. And he says this in John 20, verse 21. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, the holy breath. Have I made it clear? Breath. That's how we should think. When we see the word spirit, when we think about the spirit, we should think about the breath. And maybe just, maybe sometimes we should just stop and pause and breathe. Breathe in the spirit of God. Life, calling, movement. The spirit is behind all of it. So the book of Acts is, comes right after the book of John. It's a continuation of the Gospel of Luke, but it, it's situated right after the book of John. And it's basically what happens 
after this moment, after Jesus breathes on his disciples, and then there's, they're huddled in the room together. And Jesus comes and he eats with them, which is awesome. I wish that I could be at that meal. And Jesus comes and eats with them. And he says this, almost to reiterate. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Breath comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. We are here because they did what they were supposed to do. The disciples went by the power of the Spirit and became witnesses of Jesus in all the earth. And that's where we're just going to sit here today because I believe that this verse unlocks for us what is quite a simple calling, but often we miss it. In the chaotic, disordered world that we live in, we so often are looking for what is purpose, what gives me form and shape and life and breath. And I think we have it here. The disciples go and you are a benefactor of the Holy Spirit's calling on them. And ever since the fall, God has been radically pursuing you, radically pursuing the reunited of heaven and earth, the reuniting of his presence with humans, the reuniting of heaven and his son Jesus in creation. And the, the way he does that is the Spirit. It's this moment. Right after this, the Spirit descends on, on the people and, and we have what's called Pentecost and the, really the rest of Acts, the rest of the, the New Testament is about the Spirit. How do we live with the Spirit? But it starts with a calling. What is our calling as followers of Jesus? What does it look like? So the first thing is to be a witness. Can I get a witness? <laughs> and a lot of times when we think about witness, we think, oh, I have to go and I have to vocalize things and we get like all like, you know, my hands are watery and I don't really want to go and talk. And, no, what is a witness? A witness is somebody who has observed with their eyes and their heart. They understand what's going on. And a lot of times I think we get off to the wrong foot because we haven't taken the time to really observe and think about our lives. We just coast through life without thinking about what the experiences really mean, how they're all feeding in together and what they really mean in my life. And then a lot of times... I talk to people who have witnessed, who have done that hard work of observing in their life, but they miss the most essential part of it, to be a witness of Jesus, of Jesus. I'm always surprised when I talk to people and they have this radical experience, this thing that happened to them, this thing that they've observed, this thing that they have an amazing amount of clarity on, and then they, they never see Jesus working behind the scenes, the Spirit working behind the scenes. But we are supposed to be a witness of Jesus. Jesus is the way to receive God's life-animating, life-giving, life-energizing, life-empowering presence. Jesus is how God chose to reveal himself to you and me, to the world, bring us back to him. And it's so simple, but we miss it all the time. 
Are you observing Jesus in your everyday life? Do you see how he is energizing and calling you? In Romans 8, 11, it says this, and I love the way Eugene Peterson puts this in the message. It says, it stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. He goes on, when God lives and breathes, there's our word, in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from the dead life with his spirit, Numa, living in you. Your body will be as alive as Christ's. That is our calling, to be made alive in Jesus, to have his breath enter into our bodies and to give us life in the chaos and disorder that we experience each and every day. The spirit is the one that's bringing us to life through the power of Jesus. Now here's the third part, everywhere we go. You will be my witnesses everywhere. And actually, in the original passage, it says Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. And I think everywhere sounds much better than that. Because what happened in Jerusalem right before this event? They crucified their rabbi. They crucified their teacher. Um, we're supposed to go and observe the power of Jesus in the place where they might kill us? And in Judea is all the countryside that Jesus went and was preaching and got into arguments with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all of these people that want to kill the disciples. And Jesus says, you're going to start right here. And a lot of times I think that the hardest place to start is, is with the people who have known you your entire life. Like I've observed something in Jesus that has changed. It's created a new lens for me in which to view the world. And all the people around you think that you're so weird because of that. <laughs> Am I right? Friends, family, like what, what happened to you? Well, let me tell you what I've observed in my life. And then he sends them to Samaria. And if you were here a couple weeks ago, I talked about Babylon. Every time you hear the word Babylon, you should think enemy, the great enemy of God's people. Where is it located? Samaria. And then he said to the very ends of the earth, anywhere you feel comfortable and at home, God just might send you away from that place of comfort and home and coziness. But where do they start? They start where they're at. They start in Jerusalem. Start where you're at. God's calling for us. No matter what specifically he's calling you to, it's this, to be a witness of Jesus, starting where you are and everywhere you go, but not by your own power, by the power of, of the Spirit. To be a witness is to declare the good news of Jesus and then to display it with your life wherever you go, empowered by the Spirit. And that's what the Spirit is, the presence and it's the power. If you ever feel like my, la my life is just lacking energy, my life and my calling is lacking this, this momentum, well, you might be lacking the spirit in some degree. And Jesus wants to unlock that in our lives. That's the calling in which he is called all who follow him. 
You are a witness of Jesus everywhere you go, empowered by the Spirit. And I love, A.W. Tozer has this book called The Dwelling Place of God, which is about humans. In the first chapter, he says this, to be called to follow Christ is a high honor, higher indeed than any honor men can bestow upon each other. And then he gives an example. He says, don't just think of you and me. Think of the most important person. Think of a king. If a king gets called to follow Jesus, his calling has now just raised. His calling to following Jesus is now more important than his calling as a king. And for us, the same is true. The calling of the Spirit, the calling of Jesus is a high calling. And it supersedes everything we, sh- we do. It should be the focus point for everything in our life to go and observe what Jesus is doing in me and in you by the power of the Spirit. Now that's our general calling. But the question I get asked more than anything is, well, what's my specific calling? What's my unique purpose? What am I supposed to do? Do I believe that God has a plan and purpose for you? I do. But it starts with this. It starts with observing the ways in which Jesus has moved into your life and you should begin to filter everything in your life through that. But out of that flows a more specific calling. And so, how do you figure that out? Well, you grab a nice cup of cold brew coffee. And you sit down with a trusted friend or mentor and you begin to figure that out. Here's a couple of questions if you're trying to figure that out. And I think this, this is true no matter if you're, you're just out of college, if you are retired, if you're 95 and saying like, what is left for me? I think that these questions are helpful. Number one, what are you praying about? What specifically are you praying about? Jesus says you have not because you ask not. And a lot of times when I'm sitting across the table or sitting with coffee with somebody talking about their calling, come to the realization, you don't really know what you want, do you? How is God, the good father, supposed to give you something if you don't even know what you want? We ask for God to drop these gems of, of calling in our lives, but, but we haven't taken the time to do the deep work of figuring out, like, what is it inside of me that is just bursting to get out? What do I want to see in my life, and what am I praying about? What are you praying about? What do you want? Do you know what you want? Secondly, what are you hearing? Now, what's the word that we've used for the Spirit? Breath. And is breath loud or is it quiet? Sometimes unperceptive, imperceptive. (laughs) It's soft. And if you really want to hear the Spirit, I might challenge you to spend some time in silence and solitude, listening intently to the voice of Jesus. Because he's speaking, but sometimes we have to get up onto the mountaintop and wait for all of the noise and chaos of our lives to pass through so that we can center in on that small, quiet voice of the spirit, of the breath, silence and solitude. But also, what are you hearing from the people around you? 
What are they saying in your life? Are you, are you killing it? Or are you, man, you're, you're just kind of, it seems like you're just not doing what you're supposed to do. It seems like you've lost your joy. You've lost your passion for life. What are your friends and those that you trust? What are they saying about you? Number three, what does the hallway look like? So when you stand at the threshold looking down the hallway, you can begin to perceive pretty quickly what doors might be closed to you. I will never be a professional basketball player. I figured that out. I'm just not tall enough and I don't jump high enough. Okay, that door is closed. Okay, I've had to reckon with that. But... What doors are open? What doors are open? And sometimes we're so distracted by the doors that are right next to us that we don't see the doors further down the hallway. We don't see the doors that might be opening a little bit further down the journey. Do you know what I mean? We're so distracted that we don't see how God might be moving and working somewhere down the line. And it takes people around us that we trust to help us sometimes see that. But I love this quote by Frederick Buechner. The place which God calls you is where your deep gladness meets the world's deep need. What, when you're peering down that hallway, is the world's deep need? And how might God be inspiring you, motivating you to address that need in the world? Are you observant of the world in which you live and where those needs are? And are you willing to go by the power of the Spirit into those places? And for some of you, that lands you exactly right where you are, right? I am in the place. I'm in the job. I'm in the career. I'm in the path that Jesus wants me. And I figured that out. And if so, you should probably grab a friend who's maybe a few steps behind you and say, have you figured it out? Because I want to help you. I want to walk with you. I want to look down the hallway with you. Because that is also the way in which God has called you. And the last question, and this, uh, this can be painful. What is preventing you? Is it a fear? Is it a skill? Maybe you have to go back and get that nursing degree. Maybe you have to go back and get that engineering degree to do what you want. But sometimes I think that it's a lack of faith that God would really use me. Would God use me? Yes. Spirit of the Lord is here now. It's moving in you and he can do great things. Is it a sin? Am I stuck somewhere without being able to move forward because I haven't dealt with something in my life that's preventing me from encountering God's empowering presence in my everyday life? This, this is the question you have to ask around trusted friends and mentors. What is preventing me and how do I get the traction to move forward? So, as we close, think about that. Think about the breath that God has given you. This general calling of Jesus And for some of you this week, you just need to rest in that. Like, I just need breath. And you just need to stop at times this week and you just need to inhale the breath of God because you need a new boost of power in your life. Some of you need to be reminded that 
Jesus breathed his last so that you would have the breath and the power of the Spirit. Jesus accomplished on the cross what needed to happen so that God would be present with you wherever you, need, you go. And you need to, need to be reminded of that today, that God's presence, his spirit, his power is, is with me. And some of you, maybe you just need to write a name down of a mentor, somebody you trust to have these conversations with. Or some of you might need to say, you know, I've, I've journeyed this and I'm at the place where I think that I can write down the name of somebody that I can wrap my arm around and, and we can grab coffee and we can talk about your calling and where the Spirit of God is moving you. But as we close, I'm actually gonna just read a prayer that Paul prayed over the church in Ephesus. So after I read this, we're, we're dismissed, but I, th- I think that there's so much here in, in this, this prayer that God prays to the Ephesians church, chapter three. And we'll close with this. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray you, being rooted and established in love, may have that same power together with all the Lord's people to grasp just how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God, that is our prayer today. That as we go this week, we would sense your power and your breath and your life animating presence with us as we discern each and every day that we observe your son Jesus and we walk in step with the spirit, the prompting to live out that calling and to uncover the richness of life that you have asked us to live with the community of people that we're surrounded by. Lord, what a beautiful calling it is. And we ask that as we leave this place, Jesus, you would be with us. We love you and it's your name we pray. Amen. So may you go this week and be filled with the Spirit. We'll see you again next time, next Sunday.